Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bam, bam, bam. What a fucking intro. We're not having a lovely time. Shawnee hasn't seen that intro before, and uh, now he has. Uh, this is Winners and Losers from the LSE Day Trippers. I'm about to be getting the audio description off Phil there. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the LFC Day Trippers. This is Winners and Losers. This is Gav. This is Shawnee. This is Phil. Dick will be in in a minute. He's awful for being late. Um, He's only yesterday. <clears throat> talking about the Bengals today as so we'll, we'll, double we'll, jobbing we'll add him in when, whenever he decides to fucking turn up to be perfectly honest with you um, lads before we get into our winners and losers what we're going to do this week is uh, you, Phil's going to pick two Sean's going to pick two Dick is going to pick two I'm not because the show gets way too long and we're going to try to keep it to an hour or so but before we do and before Dicko comes in right um Palace nil, Man City nil. It's just ended for five, six minutes ago. And it looks a huge result. Liverpool can go in a point of Man City on Wednesday if they beat Arsenal at the Emirates. Shawnee, we have to do a job on Wednesday night. There's no doubt about it. If we don't do a job, we're four points behind them. And it looks bleak. If we do do a job, it's one point in that and we still have to play them. Um, does that feel like a big result to me? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the way we looked at it, if we are ever going to get back into this now, put my hands up and being honest. I didn't think we would, but I think we kind of said we need the kind of pendulum to swing out, swing Liverpool's way a couple of times and it has now. Um, like, they have dropped points in three games before we have. Now we go and play a tough game on Wednesday, which is big. But if you win there, like, all the momentum is with us. And to be honest with you, Gav, for all the quality that they have, look, the fella never made a sub tonight, but it was a bit like playing, trying the same thing over and over again and hoping for it to change. It just didn't happen for them tonight. And 
it looks like they're feeling the pressure a little bit, genuinely. They're, they're in a fight now. They're in a scrap, which they probably thought at Christmas they wouldn't be. Yeah, because <clears throat> I think at some stage, I think at one stage, were we 12 points behind them with a game in hand? Or maybe two yeah. games in hand? And people thought, you know, even if they, even if we win our two, we we will we win our two, and even if we do, it'll get us within six. Will when will we get it back down to six? I suppose will be the be the question on that. But you've seen them, you've seen them lose at home to Spurs. You've seen them draw tonight. You've seen them draw away at Southampton. And in that time, Liverpool have literally won every game that's being put in front of them. Um, Dicko, you're late to the party, but I want to yeah. ask you, um, how big of a result does that feel tonight? Before we get into our winners and losers. Uh, I mean, I just needed five minutes to compose myself like that. I felt sick those last five plus five. It was just, you know, you kind of felt the inevitability, you know, what happened against Everton. You could kind of see something similar happening. But to be honest with you, Palace themselves had a few chances at the end there. I mean, uh, if Gallagher would have scored that, it you know, you do a bit of Liverpool hero. I mean, it, it, it was it, it was such a such a, a great you know, effort, and um, and then one pass which you know he just he just didn't find Zaha. So so look, I I know like City will be City, and they'll do what they always do, and they'll kind of almost sort of bore us into sort of submission. But um, yeah, like it's massive. I mean, look, it means, let's be realistic, like, there's probably going to be more drop points in this running, like, you know, maybe from City, you know, maybe from ourselves, like, it, it irrelevant of what anyone might think, it, it also allows us to have maybe one more draw, you know, now in that running as well, you know, and, you know, we, we've got to beat City, you know, I, that goes without saying for me, we've got to beat City, but do we? what that does tonight. Yeah, I do. I do think so. Yeah, I, I think we do. And obviously, unless they drop more points, but no, I do. I think we need to beat City. Okay. Um, the way that's going, it could be a nail in the coffin job now. You don't know, you see, because it, it could be, it, it could be where the, if Liverpool win on Wednesday, I mean, I mean match, like there's only we've only we've only three more league games before we play them. Um, Let's face it, right? They they shy away to Everton. Now I know it's yeah. about, but they they genuinely have looked like this now for a few games. They didn't. I thought they would have made more changes against Lisbon. It was the same, same crap, and like. Palace, I expected more of Palace on the break tonight. I think if they had a little bit more quality, they would have beaten them. Because if they had a went behind there, they wouldn't have scored. I reckon they could have played that game till tomorrow and they wouldn't have scored. Well, uh, you could look at it and say to yourself, we win on Wednesday <clears throat> and match them going into the into the Etihad. You could take a draw and go, right, we'll take it. We go one point behind you with six to go and see how it goes. Phil, um, I expect you to put like, an absolute pin in this bubble right now. So, um <laughs> No, look. I think it's 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 the biggest pressure we faced all season. We've got we play twice now before they play again, which means we could be top of the league before they play again. This is the this is the first chance we're going to have all season to apply pressure that we haven't been able to apply up until now. The chase is easy when you're so far behind and you're not expected to catch them no matter what. Right? The the aim was to be well if we can just stay within three points or four points coming into that game against them and get to a point where we're only a point behind. Now we're talking about being in front taking the lead and being able to go to the Etihad 
or whatever it's called, and be in front of them because I think we play ahead of them every time as we go up to the Etihad, right? So it means that going into that game, we sorry, know two, two league games before City. We have um, yeah, Arsenal and Watford. Sorry, we're the seventh so, last game of the season. Yeah. If you're talking about applying pressure, this is a real opportunity to do something that we haven't been able to do all season. And what City did very well in the couple of times that they've chased us down for the league is that when they got these opportunities, they didn't make any mistakes and they put the pressure on. They put pressure, relentless pressure on. We have to sort of approach this the way City did in 13-14 and the way they did it in 18-19 because that relentless pressure meant that we couldn't afford to slip. They can't afford to slip again. They literally can't afford to slip again. Right? They've had their if you want to call it their dodgy spell, and they must now almost go on a run that we've been on for the last 10, 12 weeks in the league in terms of just win, 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 win. They right? have to be going into the Etihad for you ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think to me that's, that's because the the only thing I will say is they seem to, and, and it comes back to, and I, I know me and Shani disagree on the Pep team, but I think Pep um, is a better manager when he's, when he's chasing as opposed to dominate. And I think when, when, when he's in this real battle of two teams, this becomes closer to a Champions League mentality approach that he has to go up because he's, he actually fear, he, he has respect for the team. When he goes out and plays all these other teams, he has very little respect. He believes that his team is so far above them, they'll keep the ball and they'll knock it around and eventually they'll score five or six goals, right? This worries him because he doesn't have control right? He doesn't have full control as to what goes on here. He has a Liverpool team that's matching them. Right, so even even if we go out and draw with Arsenal, let's say, and this result means nothing in terms of what's getting us closer, we're still within three points of them, right? And going into the next game, we win at the weekend before they play. We'll be we'll have a, we'll have played the game more, but we'll now be level with them, right? I so think, I think um, it's the following weekend we play we play the FA Cup this weekend, don't we? Um, yeah, but yeah. we the following weekend, I think we're home to Watford on the Saturday. I think they might be playing on the Sunday. I think it was their next game. Um, I, I have Burnley away in my head, but I'm not Man too sure. Ch- Man City reserve, Shawnee. They're playing City's reserves just to just to give them a, a confidence boost. No, I, I'm nearly, <laughs> I'm nearly sure it's um, United. No, I think I'm. I have Burnley ahead in, in, away in my head for some reason. Um, yeah, Burnley away. Yeah, they're away to yeah, Southampton. Which at the is weekend. another game similar to tonight. Yeah. Like. yeah. So they have, we have Arsenal and Wofford, and they have. Um, Burnley away. They're Burnley yeah. away. They yeah. have Burnley and it's away. And, it, and where the twelve thirty kick off and they're the three o'clock. So it's not they won't have that much time to stew on it. I mean, those you know, the, the point was made after we'd won that, you know, they had forty-eight hours to stew on this sort of thing. And and maybe that did play in the minds a little bit, you know. So um anytime now we can apply pressure, we'll see what they're made of. Because one thing that City, you know, do like is 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 an easy path and this is anything but an easy path now and and the other thing that you've got to think of is you know what dynamic does the champions league play you know what what sort of what sort of draw is the champions league going to present three times in a row yeah, yeah exactly yeah which could be mad you like <laughs> if you like a nba final series it'd be brilliant it would, would you not brilliant. just would you not just say look play one match when it takes out <laughs> just, yeah. just play one game one big game in the middle of the week or what they can do is they can play one half of football at the Etihad right yeah. and then put everyone on a bus and drive to Anfield and play the second half in the one <laughs> evening and we can have a half time show 
Um, yeah. I don't know, the Nolans the or the Cores or something could play the halftime show. Jim um, Cores. Whether on, whether on the bus. Beat, put a beat on, on a hologram trust. on Mishmash with Oasis. You even get the boys back together. Yeah. And, um, on, and, on, on each truss of the stadium. You could have a different yeah. band on each truss. Yeah. It'd be a even ma- one that's not up yet. It'd be like a Grease Megamix, but it'd be a bit yeah. longer than a Grease Megamix because it'll take a little t- while to get them on the bus and get them from Manchester to Liverpool and yeah. back on the pitch. But look, it's a good idea. But look, I, for me, I think it's a huge result. I think you can't play this down because this is what you're waiting on. We've been waiting on this for, well, I suppose we're waiting on Southampton. We're waiting on the sports thing to happen. But this was the one where you really went, this gets it down to one. And this gets you... Look, if they win tonight and we win Wednesday, this uh, you're going to get the head on. We can go level, possibly ahead on goal difference. But this gives you a real chance to win against Arsenal, win against Watford, and go into the Etihad going, we're still a point behind you. But if we win this game, well, it's not goal difference. It's two points with six games left. And all you want, if, if we go into that two game, two points ahead with six games left, I'm telling you now, um, Anfield will be an uproar again. And it'll just be cauldron stuff and I, that that's what I love and, and a lot of people out there will go off oh, my nerves will be bleeding gone you know I think of Davo Davo's nerves are gone Dick I was getting sick at 85 minutes he's vomiting all over the place and I'm there going this is the fucking business because these are the days you live for genuinely but I think it's a huge result tonight and um, but Liverpool still have, still have to do their job on Wednesday against an inform Arsenal and but I think Liverpool seeing that tonight does an extra bit on them now you know, there's an extra bit on them to go put a get gain, not even an advantage because you'll still be point behind, but gain real traction in this title race by winning on Wednesday night. So it's all down to Wednesday and I can't fucking wait for it to be honest with you. But this is winners and losers. Um Shawnee has a winner and loser, so does Dicko, so does Phil. So I'll start with Shawnee, winner of the week. Who did I go with? Barcelona, Shawnee. There's so much has happened in the last yeah. eight hours it's since just, I texted. It's so lucky that I take out with these. I'm going to go with Barca because, to be honest with you, I've been watching them sort of since Xavi went in there and it looked like he was paddling fucking upstream without a paddle, really, you know? And they, he's really torn them around there. Uh, they, they look like they weren't going to be anywhere near the Champions League next year. And he's got them flying. The football they're playing is unbelievable. He's 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 brought Troy Ra in and actually made him look like a footballer. Um, and he's gotten goals out of Bamiyang again. And he's building around this sort of this young spine from the academy again, which we we done shows about in the past. But he seems to be really striking it off. It, it, it all seemed a bit Rogers from Javi at the start when he came in saying you can't be on your phones, you can't do this, and you can't do that. But he seems to really have everyone on board. And another thing that the board will be delighted with, he has Ousmane Dembele absolutely flying, like like the way he was at Dortmund. So, Barca are definitely my winners of the week because it seems like all the talk of this week about clubs losing their big players, Messi went on there and it looked like it was going to be perpetual darkness for, for Barcelona. But, they seem to be turning the corner a lot quicker than I, than I expected. And Javi does really seem to have the chops to go on and be a, a quality coach. Phil, <clears throat> Barcelona looked in an absolute mess during the summer. You know, Messi leaves, Griezmann leaves. Um, this is off the back of Suarez leaving the year before. And, you know, uh, Koeman was an unmitigated disaster. And you bring in Javi. And like Sean, he said, how much of it is down to the men- mental side of it? Because he's literally the day before deadline day and telling tell Usman Dembele fuck off if you want to 
I'm not asked if you go. I don't care. And he's basically saying that about any player that wants to leave Barcelona. It's absolutely no problem on your bike. And now he has Dembele playing and he has, he's given loads of faith in young players who are brilliant. Let's be honest about it. Pedri, Gavi, all these sort of players are brilliant. But is it, he's good technically as a player, Javi. He knows football. But how much of it is the mental game at Barcelona where he went, look, we're a bit restricted. But he's kind of got them moving and he's kind of got them really quickly into his way of playing and his way of thinking. I think, look, you know, I haven't paid much attention to Spanish football in the last two or three years, mainly because it's become um, very much a procession as to which the two clubs are going. Atletico started to put a bit of interest into it and I thought with this this was great that because I actually hate Barcelona so I was hoping that this was the downfall of Barcelona and they drift off but to Shawnee's point what he's done to bring them back and make them relevant despite having signed an absolute dross is like it's impressive to be well that well coached to get something out of Traore to get something out of Aubameyang um is actually it's it's impressive coaching. You can't you can't not say it. it's the same as the way Zidane. I always felt Zidane was an underrated coach when he went into Real Madrid and do what he did. Very similar. You know, he does. You don't. He's he's maximising the the abilities of the players that he's he has in front of him. The one as Sean mentioned, Rogers. There, I think it's interesting because for me, Rogers never maximises the players' abilities. Rogers gets the points out of the players that are that are their base level. If you know what I mean, right? The best coaches maximise points out of those players. And if you look at that's what Klopp does. Klopp maximises the amount of points he can get out of players. And this, to me, is, is fairly impressive. And if he goes on and, and they, uh, they, they're in the Europa, aren't they? The, yeah. the knockout stage Europa. Did he, beat like, Nap- did he beat Napoli in the... There's every opportunity that he can get them to a European final. And, and, and look, I've, I've long said it in the various versions of this podcast we've done, right? Is that if you win a European trophy, it doesn't matter if it's the Europa or the, if you get to the final and you win that, that's a, that's a European trophy and it's always worth celebrating. And if he, if he's, if he's torn the ship around at Barcelona and they're able to manage to, to keep their heads afloat in terms of the economics wise, the job he's done is better than they, all the managers have done since Jesus at the, you're going way back, probably Luis Enrique when they last got to a Champions League final in terms of what was there. So th- th- to me, it's it's really really impressive, um, and I think yeah, it's 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 a credit to him. And Johnny picking him as winners of the week is great, but I'm gonna pick you up on that, Gav. You tell me you have to be a Premier League winner of the week, and I'm pissed off with that. So it's no, like it's, I just said winner of the week from the weekend's football. <laughs> All right, Grant. Well, at least I picked my special sport for later. Yeah, you have your special so. sport, so wind your fucking neck, and we're letting you away with that. Um, Dicko Barca. You you're a man of all teams and leagues and stuff like that. When your internet is working, um, what do you make of him? Because I I'm surprised how quickly he's got them going. I'm, I'm surprised how you know. They're, I think they're fourth in the league at the moment, and they look like they'll actually get Champions League quite comfortably after looking earlier on in the season. Like these could be cut adrift, and anything could happen. But they've really improved, haven't they? Yeah, I was just looking at the table there. I think they're actually third, and and they are, they are in a in a fight for Champions League. Uh, you know, they're still in a fight for Champions League places. It's not it's not a foregone conclusion, but um, obviously, you know, you can't. I mean, I, I I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Barcelona. You know, I I went and visited that stadium when I was a kid, and I, and I, and I, and I was just like in a in a in a, a trance, you know, and. Um, so I've always had a, a a bit of a soft spot, and to be honest with you, you know, I I I like to see you know Barcelona and, and you know the the historical top sides in the in the Champions League, in your Milan's, 
um you know it's a shame when they drop out sort of thing so um i'd be more than happy to see them back in the champions league next season i mean he's getting a tune out of abamyang you know he's coming off the back of you know throwing his toys out the pram and all the drama that went on at arsenal and you know he seems to be getting something out of him um I was amazed either I had absolutely no idea that they brought Danny Alves back. I had to do a, a, a double take. Paid a clear from him. or something, I think, was it? Was, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. And he's playing uh, for like uh, he's playing for like eight fifty an hour or something, he's up. <laughs> no messing. Like, genuinely, no messing. He, he like I think they spent a quid on him. You just gave him a pay slip out a little. Give us that young one's pay slip there. The handwriting is pay slips on like you know, like um, one of those docker books you'd buy in Easton's. And um <laughs> he's just like he's just yeah, that's no problem, but uh, listen, he's fucking having a great time. Yeah, he looks like he's uh, having having an absolute whale of a time. Um obviously they brought um Joe's favourite player, Triore, over from uh, Wolves. Um, yes. <laughs> seemed to be getting seemed to be getting some output from him as well. He's I discussed few- it at that transfer because I love nothing more than when Wolves played, regardless of what time of day it was. And Joe would just put a thing in the a message in the group going, Oh my god, he's ripping them apart here. And he wouldn't mention the fella's name, but he was always going on about Triore. And Triore had like Eight goals and four assists in about three years, but Joe just keep telling people he was ripping teams apart week on week, and then we don't get that because uh, no, Joe, Joe only has NTL; he doesn't get to the league. Uh, to be fair, you know, Wolves are Wolves are one of the teams that City have got left to play. So you know, he, he could have actually done something against City, but unfortunately, he won't be there. But um, yeah, I mean, look, Barca, as I say, they're, they're an institution. I, I, I mean, Javi is obviously. It's it was it was an absolute car crash that he kind of came into, and he's he's obviously limited. They're, they're completely limited, um, which in some ways is, is is great for us. Although you know, in terms of poaching players and whatnot, although I was thinking tonight, wouldn't it be great if they could, you know, prize away from Kevin De Bruyne from Man City because that fella's just absolutely ridiculous. To be honest with you, <laughs> he's a but, big red. Um, though. No, what's that? He's a big red. Yeah, like Cumin was. Yeah. Um, well, the Christmas tree proved it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, fair play. I mean, I, I don't watch that much La Liga, but I'll, I'll definitely be paying attention to the next few weeks to see if they do secure that, that Champions League spot. The, the, yeah. the thing for me is they're brilliant to watch. Like like Phil said, there, there was an element of La Liga coming a bit of a two-horse race with the two. But it was like you had the, the, the Mourinho-Pep era where the football was great, but... Real Madrid and Atletico have been real. They're just they're kind of a bit like City. They're not great to watch, but the, the the football, the football has actually been unbelievable that Barcelona have been playing in the last few weeks, and that will buy Xavi more time than anything else, really, because that's all they really want to see, to be honest. Yeah, if you play good football, they're on board. They're absolutely on board. Uh, Carla Dullivan says, can we start to go for me for Dicko's internet? Dicko, <laughs> Dicko, no, Dicko sent us an invoice for um, to attach all amenities from the house to the shed. It was an extortionate fucking amount of money. Um, so we're going to have to sit down with him and try. He's a bit like Mo Salah here. I'm just waiting for his wife to send something out on, on Twitter. Um, laughy faces after I say this. Dicko reckons he'll get the deal done, but for the sort of money he's looking for, like there's no way he's only running an internet line out there. He's He's definitely <laughs> for a bar or a golf simulator. There's something definitely going on. Um, 
Phil is fucked off uh, for the moment, so we, we won't go to him. Um, Dicko, I'll come to you then. Loser yeah. of the week. Loser. Well, I, I singled out one player because I, I paid particular attention yesterday when he came on the pitch, but it kind of typifies what Everton are all about, and it was Deli Alley. Um, absolutely like a competition winner he was yesterday when he came on. Um, uh, you know, I can kind of see why, you know, Evertonians were, were, were absolutely livid and, and you've seen, the, you know, shouts, uh, you know, doing the rounds about you're not fit yeah. to wear the shirt. I mean, the best, he, the, sorry, Dick, but the best one I've seen today was um, from a friend of ours in the WhatsApp group and he said, when Everton get relegated, the shouts next season will be, where's the Arteta parachute payments bill? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, Deli Ali. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, like, for, for a fella who seemed to be, you know, seemed to have the, the, the football and sort of world at his feet at yeah. one point, everyone yeah. was absolutely bigging right. him up. Obviously, there was there was kind of previous kind of potential missed opportunities and coming to Liverpool and all that sort of stuff. And, and you know, we were kind of made to believe that, you know, we'd lost out on, on, on immense talent certainly did look like that and for whatever reason over I know he's had injuries and whatnot but his 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 sort of like his his willingness to work just seems to have completely disappeared. I mean the only thing he did put a sly foot on the keeper. I don't don't know how he didn't get booked for that by the way but it it he he just he's just gone to complete and um, you know and and why 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 Everton thought the likes of him and you know Donny van der Beek who couldn't get looks in at the respective clubs were going to come in in the middle of a relegation <laughs> dog fight. Phil's fucking Phil's alien friend is landing on the top of the gap with the sounds of it. Phil might be Phil might Phil is like a BBC war correspondent from Cardiff. That sounds like a <laughs> he fell asleep on the whistle. I think he's fell asleep down. on the whistly kettle there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wake up, Phil. Um, but no, go on, Deli Ali. Don't mind that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I'm muting there. I'm muting there, yeah. I don't know what's going he's, on. He's, um, yeah, I, I like, it's a long way back for him now. I mean, if they do get, you know, relegated, obviously he's in the championship. Like, who's going to really sort of, you know, who's going to take a gamble that is, on That is now? a permanent deal, Dico, isn't it? Like, yeah, it is. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I think yeah. what he done was they, they, they made it out like it was a free transfer, but... <laughs> Emma Cavanagh says Phil's breast milk alarm is going off. <laughs> what a fucking show! Um, um, but but they made it out to be a free transfer. But if he plays so many games, it's ten million, and and Spurs must be looking at this going. Like, we don't give a fuck if they're in the championship, he, and and he will have to play games for him in the championship because they can't pay him off. You know, yeah. he's on a two and a half year deal. I think two uh, and a half. There's, year. there's no. There's actually no telling how bad it could get for them if they go down. Honestly, that they they're actually like they're strung up the bits with with the financial situation at the club. Like I remember, I was listening to where uh, does this Blue Boys Network podcast? I remember listening to it at the start of the season because you always kind of try to get um, get a feel for what everything think they could do. And they actually said that they'd be in big financial trouble if they didn't get European football of some sort this year. Like yeah. that, and they, that was talking Europa League or Europa Conference. And the guys on that Blue Boys network are actually sound. He's, um, so there's no telling 
what going down with Dale Gaff, to be honest with you. Because I'd, I'd say the problem there it is, but like, and Dick O'Neill's it there, like, Deli Ali kind of epitomizes what's gone wrong with everything because they've kind of just, they've been happy for so long to pick up the scraps from so called bigger teams and bring them in. Like, you look at Fabian Delph and then they sold Sigurdsson or they, bought, they get Sigurdsson from, from Tottenham for man, mental money. Swansea. Uh, he thinks the gaff out there and like, they have no real. They've now like real sellable assets. Richardson is a decent player in Carvalho. The, ru- the, room, the rumor on the rumor on him. All of them players, the majority of them players, be like, oh, "I don't give a fuck if you go down. I'll be out here next year anyway." Because they'll have to sell yeah. me. And that's yeah. that's that's where the lack of fight starts. I I reckon. Well, Tiernan, Tiernan McVeigh, and I think it's Tiernan, I said this last night, I'm going to say Tiernan. Um, he says apparently none of the players have relegation clauses, so they'll be fucked. And um, some stuff on social media today said that Calvert-Lewin deal to Arsenal has been agreed since January, and now they're starting to blame him on it. But on Deli Ali, because that's who you brought up, Dicko, um, and I let Phil have a, have a word on thing. We Phil, we thought you were at the falling asleep on a whistly kettle there. Um, no. It's, it's all good. And then somebody's... Uh, the, the house is getting, getting bombed and shelled, so we yeah. said. Um, there was, there was uh, someone asked were you asking for help in Morse codes uh, yeah. but, but, but on Delhi Ali like I know where you're coming from Dicko why I don't think they expected to be in this position Dicko I think what they expected was we'll bring in Delhi Ali and who did they bring in on top of that um, Donny van der Beek Donny van, now van der Beek was, was a, for me was a good sign it was, they needed some creativity in midfield right because I, th- I think they brought them in thinking we can be a little bit more attacking and we can move away up the table and target even a late run at Europa something like that because you know what can happen with 15, 16, 17 games left in the season and I think that's what he had left when Lampard takes over but it's gone the other way and I'm sorry, but Donny van der Beek isn't used to a relegation fucking dogfight. And he's been over United so for more or less two years. Deli Ali in no way is used to that sort of stuff. Okay. Mm. And they just, look, you're talking about that kick on the keeper. He's offside. He doesn't even have the, the, the positional awareness to stay onside. His touch is appalling. It runs out and the keeper gets it. And then he just falls over the keeper and takes about a minute to get up off the ground. In a game where they're losing, he takes forever to get up off the ground. And I think... If they were going in the right direction, they'd look like good signings. But now they look like awful signings because now you have to dig in. And I don't know how many of them players can dig in. I really, really don't. Because you've a young, you've a young left back, um, Ukrainian left back that's taken a while to settle in. You've got centre backs there that I don't think are good enough. Um, you've midfield there like Alan is used to playing at a, a, a top level of football. Is he used to digging in? I'm not too sure. Anthony Gordon is young. You know, hmm. Calvert Loom, where is he? When you go through this, or Richardson is no help to you because he's petulant, you know, and he's he's liable any week to get himself sent off and really kind of get annoyed at any minute, and he's no use to you. And I think Deli Ali is a good show as loser of the week because he's torn up everything at the wrong time, and he might have felt it was a good time for him, but he's torn up the wrong time. And the way things have gone, he's probably the last player you would look to put on the pitch for everything at the moment. Phil Deli Ali, um. Like we were saying there, that you know, Liverpool were looking at him a couple of years ago, watered his feet really good at sports, and then it just fell off a, a cliff, injuries, and, and just lack of form. <clears throat> he just hasn't got a backfield. Oh, look, you know, he needed a top level manager to reignite his career. Even when there was that talk about him going to PSG with Pochettino, who I don't believe is a top level manager, but knew how to get the best out of him. Um, he needed that top manager. Instead, he goes to a fella who 
is let's be honest about it, is 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 isn't a good manager. He's just another fella on the English gravy train. And <laughs> he's basically he he'll get jobs for the next ten years. Um on, on the basis that he did really well with Derby and didn't do too bad with Chelsea in terms of that he didn't get them relegated. Now, getting everything relegated might be a blot on the on, on it, but like Borough or somebody else will give him a job um on the basis that he's Frank Lampard and that's what it is. It's like you look at it and you just go, as like as, I know Benitez wasn't our cup of tea, but at least he always <laughs> had. A, but but Benitez always has a plan for his teams to play, even if it's an out an, an, an out of place and time plan at this stage. It's they'd still be in a much better position had they kept them, given they'd gone full in. Like what what's the most bizarre thing about this is they went full in for Benitez in terms of they let him take control of transfers got rid of your man who was above him right. and said yeah that's fine and then sacked him three weeks later like it, none of it mate like it's it's wonderful it's wonderful like you it's, I wouldn't have them as the lo- loser of the week I'd have them as winners of the week I cannot it's, believe yeah, it's the winners of the week that, when you're looking from the outside field but it, it's actually the definition of reacting to a fan base and well, it's actually you don't react listen, to the don't get me fan wrong, base if, if, listen if you if, if, if that's a Liverpool Liverpool have a very um, patient fan base, I would say, right? Even when you look back to Julio going at Liverpool, right? That that rumbled on, rumbled on, and then eventually Liverpool fans kind of had enough of Julio, and he went in the summer of 2004, right? But that was that was coming, that was coming from probably the season, the, the start, the start of that season. But it kind of, it kind of gathered pace, and then he left. But with Everton, they literally go from this guy is the Messiah to this guy needs to get out of the fucking club and it could literally happen within 20 minutes of a football game and what happens then is they all say they all stand outside and they all shout where's the money Bill as Bill Kenroy tries to leave the ground and then Bill Kenroy rings someone else and goes listen these are really upset tell you what we do sack the fucking manager and that's that's where they're at and I'm actually I actually asked in jest earlier in, in our WhatsApp group what's the odds he loses on Thursday and gets sacked and I actually mean it now because I think there might be a chance where they'll turn around and go, we need to bring someone in here that can just light this place up for eight games and get us over. I genuinely don't believe that. Don't It wouldn't surprise me if, if someone's gone through a foil of fact somewhere looking for Sam Allardyce's number. But Gav, can, can <laughs> just, on, on it, right? On it, like, it's, uh, the players have gone there before and salvaged their careers and gone back. Like you think of Lukaku going there, right? And he then gets a bigger move away and yeah. makes loads of money, right? And other players have gone. But since your man, um, Moshiri or whatever his name is, has come in, that hasn't happened. That that gravy train has stopped. Everything aren't selling to players to the big teams anymore. They're selling teams that, in, that are in around them, but they're spending more money than most of the top six teams. Like they're spending more money. They spent more money than us in the same time, same time period. They're spending mm. a ridiculous amount of money on the same players they were spending not so much money on beforehand. But they're not even money balling the field. They're not spending no. 40 million on a fellow where you say he's 22 and we get three years out of him and we get 60, 70 million out of him in three years when he's at the getting us into Europa League. They're not doing that. Well, like it's great, and and I'll tell you why it's great, right? I, and, and, and Peter Smith is mad, right? And he, he was saying he hopes they don't go down because of jobs in the city and stuff like this, right? Yeah, and I was Peter going, Smith is is has been really <laughs> hypocrite on this situation, so I, know, I think you'd be best leaving him there. Go down. I hope to go down so because one. I think for their own sake, like for a start, their their, their fan base is awful. They live on this high horse. I think oh, they're the no, I, I think they're awful. I, no, think, I they're, think they're great. They're, I think they're the best for when you're looking out and uh, looking out. But they have no sense of where they are, who they are, or what they are. And 
every time they get on the player's back and on the team's back because of where they are, they just exacerbate the situation. Going back to your point, they get on Kenroy's back, so Kenroy goes and like this is all being fan driven. This is this is the madness. This is where a team and a club have no leadership, have no culture, and have no system or no means of going forward. This is what would have happened had Comely stayed at Liverpool and we left German Christian Porslow in charge as well. This is the type of complete fuckfest. It's not. I said it last night, Phil. They're not pulling in the same direction. It feels like no, it's two factions all of the club pulling against each other and everything the football team are in the middle getting compressed by both these sides. Um, by the way, Peter Smith um, has a view on everything and has a view with Chelsea that I don't agree with. And if he wants to come on here and have the discussion, I'm sure I can get him on and have a chat around it. But we need loads of cans because fucking Peter Smith is mental. Um <laughs> Um, the there's best reports that the Everton board had a, had a meeting the other day to get rid of Frank says Tony K. I did see that. I did see that. But listen, ah, lads, um, if, they, if they sack Lampard after about four weeks, it's just it's 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 immense. Like we were talking about, Dico, we, we were talking about the other week about Udinese sacking their manager and, and having the Italian style where they they, they replace the manager every three weeks Watford. until they come. Al- Watford, yeah, mm, yeah. until they, they find one that wins five games in a row, right? Then like these have gone full Italian. They should just get what's your man's name with the baldy head that used to. Um, manage all the teams that were down the bottom end of, the, of Syria back in the 90s uh, the name escapes me he was Brescia manager when Pep was there um, fuck me what was his name it was like Otavio Bianchi or something like that was, the, was his name but he used to just turn up Brad all Keith, these Keith Plunker would have known that uh, I'd, say <laughs> Keith, was, I'd say Keith's Keith's 1990s Italian football bell is ringing in the gap somebody's mentioned this what <laughs> is it there's an quick, alarm going it's like a big huge light going across with Joe from the yeah. World Cup 1990 the soundtrack <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's t- tough on Deli Ali, but like they aren't the team that they were that would re- 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 that would save your career or restart your career at this point. It's unfortunate time, so. for him to go there, and it's unfortunate for them that he bought because he, he makes no fucking sense in the situation they're in. He's like um, the reverse. What was the name of that fellow that went to, from them to Chelsea and then to Barkley. Newcastle? And then, yeah, he's like the reverse Ross Barkley instead What's of going. Barkley? No, Barkley, Barkley didn't go to Newcastle. He went was to the fellow, there, was, there was there was one of them that went. From Everton yeah, no, he to Chelsea, to, he went to he went to Villa then, didn't he? Young Lonely came back, Barkley. Yeah, did, yeah. then did he end up in the in the championship or something? And he's probably playing with Derby or something. No, stage. he's back with Chelsea. Barkley is. <laughs> nice, um, so we're we're on we're back onto a winner, Phil, winner of the week. What did I pick? Oh yeah, the top four. Right, this is and I was mentioning it before we came on, and this was before obviously the the result tonight. But for me, the t- current top four. It seems obvious, but are the winners? But I looked at the form. I think they mentioned it then on match today or something last night. But I'd sent this to you before the match today was on, mm-hmm. so Gav can back me up on this. Yeah. The the I can't. I couldn't believe when I looked at the form guide. We had twenty games uh, over the last five games. The top four were twenty games. There was nineteen wins and one loss. That's incredible. That for, that level of form by four teams is incredible. And like I had. Arsenal being the winners of the week, I think the week before last in terms of what it was. And I've been a huge critic of them. And they've a real test against us now because generally when they've been in good form, they've come up against one of the bigger sides and just been annihilated. Arteta farts the bed and just that's that's just the end of that, right? Mm-hmm. But this is now, they're going in with, with, with mentally to, to go into this to be able to say, well, we deserve to be there. They can look up the form table and say, well, there's Chelsea, five wins in a row. There's Liverpool, five wins in a row in the last thing. There was City up until tonight. Four wins and a loss, and that loss comes against Tottenham Hotspur. Like this is this is for me. This is just shown how poor 
outside of the top six teams the Premier League really is. And again, to be able to, for teams to figure this out, the top teams to figure this out doesn't pan out well for what the league looks like as an international product, but does for say the top six for top five, top six for next season because these teams are going to be knocked up. It won't be seventy; it'll be be seventy plus points to get top four guaranteed. It's got, like even this season, it's probably going to be seventy plus points to get top four. But I think Arsenal are home and house. If they can win two other games in hand, they have. There's nobody going to catch. Them. I think if they draw with scores, you know, it's all it's done. Yeah, you know, you don't have the consistency. Spores aren't going to catch them because Spores seem to be win loss, win loss, win loss, win loss in terms of what the form looks like. One minute it looks like they're going to win the league, next minute it looks like they're going to get relegated. Like they, they're all over the shop. And Conte is, Conte has the same level of schizophrenia when he talks to the media. One week he loves being at Spores, next minute he's, he needs to talk to the board to see what's going on. So it's, it's just, to yeah. me, to me, this, the, the current top four that's there, they are different gravy. And I know it seems obvious to call it the wins of the week until until the City game tonight, but it was just it's just different. It's different class. And even even when the teams aren't playing well, they're still putting to bed those other teams. Like I would argue that we haven't played well for the last two or three weeks. I thought Brighton was a very professional job, a job well done, and we should have scored more goals against them. But I thought it was just a really professional job. Up until that, we weren't great against West Ham. We were a bit ropey in the in the home match that we had as well, the one nil. And I'm just there going, Well, it's relentless. It's a relentless ability to mentally destroy other teams before they come out. And it's 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 different to what we've seen before. Yeah, Sean, like, is this a sign of things to come? Because we, uh, listen, Sean, you know, for the last 20 years, they've talked about the top, it was always the top four, and then it was the big six, and it was, you know, whatever it was. But, you know, and Newcastle are going to, might come in, because Newcastle stay up now, and they're definitely going to spend money. But is it a bit... Oh, we've heard all this before when you say this is a sign of things to come because Liverpool and City don't look like letting up. And Chelsea are in that zone where if they play 10 games, they'll probably win seven, draw one, draw two, lose one. And that's a really good run of results. But when you're up against Liverpool and City, they are winning nine and drawing one or winning 10. It's amazing. You know, it or sorry, it doesn't look as good because it's just the level Liverpool and City are at, and they don't look like stopping. And then when you have three teams behind that, that are f- three, maybe four, that are fighting for the top four spot, you go, you know, one, there's, there's 14 teams left in the league other than that. Is it just a case of flat track bullying is now turning into a thing where Arsenal were famous for it when they used to get top four every season. The flat track bully and didn't do a fucking thing around around with the teams around them. Exactly. But, but is it a case of now where flat track bullying isn't going from top four to probably top six now, where they're beating everyone below them? And if if Liverpool, City, Chelsea, Arsenal, even United in sports, if they lose a game outside of them of of themselves and each other around them, it's nearly a shock now, Shani. And I think feels right. I think it shows. That the depth in the Premier League, despite how much money they make and how much some big names in there, Leeds, Everton, wherever it might be, it's becoming, it's be probably becoming a six-team league, and the, and it's just a case of how you do against each other. The rest of it doesn't matter. Yeah, but see, like you say that, like Arsenal are doing really well, but they're not doing on a budget. They spent a fortune in the summer, mm. so did he have got the firepower? And he, one thing he did, he kind of trimmed the squad down and made it a better bunch of players to work with. Like Phil said, sports spend a lot of money as well. They, and then it's win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. I just feel like everyone bar Liverpool, City and Chelsea have kind of been in limbo. It looks like that. Um, looks like Arsenal are getting themselves in the gear now. And who knows what's going to happen with Chelsea? They could end up with a Richard Owner than they had before. 
next week or they could end up in bleeding administration. So they only look like they were one window away probably from from challenging next year. That's probably what it looked like they were going to do probably a boy, another goal scorer and another centre-half and another midfielder and they'd be there next year, there or thereabouts now. But I always felt the same kind of way throughout this season. I only ever felt like there's only two 90-point teams in this seat, in this in this league still, and it's Liverpool and City. And I think the rest then you can kind of scrap for what goes on underneath. And to be honest with you, the, the top four races mad there for about five, six weeks where none of them wanted it. They were all dropping points around each other. So just a little a run of six, seven, eight wins and win your home games against the lower sides, but probably see you now in top four. And this is probably going to be the highest points total for top four in a, in a couple of seasons, I think, um, that mm-hmm. Arsenal might, might throw up. So, look, the thing is, the, 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 the whole structure of football is it's on the brink of tra- changing again with these European competitions. Nobody knows what's going on. So, it might not even fucking mean that in a couple of years, Gaff, to be honest with you, because it looks like you... you your way for putting more teams into the Champions League and letting teams in on merit now. And the the Super League is still the elephant in the room that seems to be still lingering there for a lot of clubs. So who knows what way it's going, to be honest with you. I'd say the Premier League are kind of shitting themselves at the moment because the product that they've worked so hard to build up, the, the jeopardy involved could be seriously just ripped apart in the next couple. And it's not just this Super League talk. Your wayfarer is bad by what they're doing with the Champions League. So the top five, six teams in the Premier League, they're all going to be asked onto the big stage because they're the, the numbers that they generate. It's not going to be a, it's not going to be based on sport merit really. As much as they say it will be, it won't be. We all know that, you know. Like that's just the way it's going to be. But as far as the Premier League, I can see if it wasn't for Liverpool and City, it'd be shy. And I, I'm just, I'm not being. It would be. It'd be crap. Yeah, if, if one of them are missing, the other one's running away with. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. Like, uh, and uh, and you know, when it comes down to the argument of who's the best Premier League side you've ever seen and stuff like that, I think it's hard because it's different eras, different players, different styles of play. It's even different technology we use for decisions. It all comes like it all is part of the mix. I think genuinely the way the relentlessness of Liverpool and City is probably probably only rivaled by maybe Arsenal and United in the early 2000s where they really went at each other you know whereas this just looks like it's it's just incessant and I think if Liverpool didn't lose so many players last season we would be talking now about it we would be literally talking 18, 19, 19, 20 20, 21, 21, where two teams over four seasons have absolutely gone at each other's throat and there's prob- they've taken a ridiculous amount of points and there's probably only a point or two in it or a win or two in it because the the way they both play is just ridiculous. Like, Dicko, can you see anything changing next season? Because we all know Chelsea's in a bit of jeopardy. There's rumour now that a Saudi uh, media agency are looking to bid 2.7. That's definitely not the owners of Newcastle. Well, definitely the thing not is, the owners. I can't understand how any business person isn't looking at that and going, I'm not going near that until they go into administration and I'll pick her mm. up for a quarter of the price because they're businessmen at the end of the day. But when there's that much money involved, you never know. We don't know what's going to happen with Chelsea. Right, they're in serious issues at the minute. But Dicko, can you see a changing? Because I can't see Liverpool or City Hall giving up that place. If Chelsea get fixed up in the next month, they won't give up that place. They probably get stronger. And again, you're probably looking at two or three challenging for the top four. And the rest then, what can you do? Like Phil says, the form of the top four in the last while has been absolutely ridiculous. And you can only see it continue until the end of the season, Dicko. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, football is cyclical and we're in the midst of a, a cycle now where it is City and Liverpool and, and you can see that for going on for another two, three, four, five years. Um, I mean, I'm a lot more confident, uh, even with the business that's going on with Mo. I've got, I've still got a lot of faith in how we're handling our transfer business at the moment, you know, bringing in players who uh, are clearly, you know, vetted from top to bottom, you know, Luis Diaz being the latest, you know, we see, we've seen Jota come in. Um, We've seen Jota come in previously, uh, hit the ground running, you know, Canate, a a, a solid addition, you know, um, to the defense. Um, so I've I've more I've I've got increasing faith that we'll stick cycle that we're in the middle of at the moment. Um, then, from a city point of view, they're not going anywhere. So that let let's just face it. You know, we're up against that that mountain every single year. As you say, Chelsea's a little bit more uncertain. Um, maybe they do come through this. Um, and they do stick in there. I guess I Arsenal. Think, I think they for the record. Yeah, I, I, I think they probably do. I mean, it's funny and as kind of you know as you, know, you like you like to see, you know, a team and a fan base like that squirm and suffer a little bit. Um, I think ultimately they come out the other end and they're still, you know, a perennial top four. The same Chelsea the year, just under a different owner. Yeah, yeah, pre- pre- yeah. Pretty much nothing really changes from it's a, like from when, a it's like when super crazy prices just became crazy prices. It was the same, <laughs> but they just took a little water. Yeah. It's it was the same thing. You know, <laughs> Snickers um, used to be Martin. So yeah, a- AFC Chelsea will still be there. Yeah. Um, Chelsea twenty seven. London, London blue. <laughs> <laughs> Mick Wallace, um, Charlie said Mick Wallace won the show in a pink jersey. <laughs> I guess the great unknown. Is, I guess the great unknown is 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 how much Arsenal can build on you know the the foundation and the momentum that they've got going at the moment. Obviously, they've got a lot of good young players, and it's been said. You know, I've I've heard it said plenty of times that, that they can almost need Champions League to make sure that certain players you know, aren't tempted to go elsewhere um, and, and and find Champions League football um, for another club. So, uh, and then you've got obviously the circus that is Man United. I can't see that ending anytime soon. You know, they're an absolute, they're absolute mess um, and long may it continue. And then you've got, you know, the likes of Spurs and West Ham who might threaten, you know, top breaking into top four every West now Ham and again. Out. Let's tell them whatever it's no, they'll be on the fringes of it. They've, they'll be on the fringes of it. They've got they've got a decent 11, 12 players. And the thing about them is, is that United still have to play Arsenal, and Arsenal still have to play Chelsea and Liverpool, and yeah, you know, okay. Spurs have to play Arsenal. No, I'm not saying they will, but they could find themselves with five or six to go where they're actually still in the hunt, and you never know what will happen. Because you, they we were the same them. last year, Wendy. West Ham. No, they went. No, they went that way up West Ham because they're in the hunt. Don't you know those graphics? No, they got into they got into the Europa League. They hung around seventh. Yeah, but they were always they were like it looked like it was at a stage where we we were trying to bypass them. I think in the table when they were kind of this is about twelve games. Leicester are mid table this year, and they they just missed it the last two years. So that would show you how they fall off the cliff. 
But yeah, can I just, they, Gav, can I just bring yeah. it back to the original point? Because one thing we've made clear is that the, the standards that Liverpool and, and City have set for the last two or three years have never been paralleled before for two teams. You might get the odd team who was doing a 96, 97 point season and running away with the league, which is fine, right? But well, the Liverpool, fact that you have, Liverpool pick up 97, then 99. No, no, but what I'm saying to you is normally you have you might have you might have one team that does it. Right? Yeah, but you don't have you don't have two teams doing it. Yeah. And when you have two teams doing it, they inevitably pull the standards of those who aspire to be them up, right? You're looking at a Chelsea team who won't challenge to win the league this year, but are probably gonna break eighty points. Normally if you're breaking eighty points, you're finishing second in the league. We're talking about potentially that Arsenal team in fourth place, where they are at the moment on fifty eight or something like that, fifty eight points they have at the moment. They arguably going to end with tw- another twenty points, which brings them to seventy-eight, nearly eighty no, points. They haven't got that high. They aren't that high. They're on, they're on. No, they're not. They're on. Um, they're on fifty points at the minute. I think. Are you sure? Yeah, because they're about they're about sixteen ahead of us for the game, and they're they're fifty-one. Fifty-one. Yeah. Fifty-one with two games in hand, isn't it? One on us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in terms of that, but but I go back. The, the, those standards are being brought up. Are just being brought up, and, and it's because you have two teams that are pulling away so much to stay relevant to top four. You can't afford to be at 45 points with 15 games to go or 12 games to go. You have to be in the 50 bracket now. It's two points to is, give you it's a, two points a game, yeah. It is. But it's it's just yeah. above the two points before 1.7, 1.8 points would have had you in the contention for fourth. Yeah, you always talked at 76 at the start of the season, didn't you? Yeah. 76 yeah. was the number, and then it dropped for a couple of years. It's, 70 to 72 used to get you get you over the hump for that fourth yeah, place. Yeah, and now we're talking about. something yeah. above. You're aiming at 78 as yeah. opposed to 70. But it's like the title race now, Phil, where two yeah. points a game gets you champ, Champions League. You have to be doing 2.5 points a game to win a league in this. Because 2.5 points a game is literally 94-ish mm. points, something around there. Well, 38, 76 plus, um, plus 19 is, what, 95 points. So you have to actually do 95 points to win a league now at this stage. And that's that's what you're up against. And and as much as Liverpool could drop off, City could drop off, they could. But it's a big jump from seventy six to ninety four. It's a fucking yeah. monstrous jump. It's, it's seven games, seven games when you look at it. Yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. Um, we're, we're back to Shawnee, aren't we? Shawnee, you have loser the week. We've three minutes before we hit the hour, and we've done half the show. So we're fucking flying. Great. Well, now, what great. we do is when we get onto the second round of stuff, we usually fly through it fairly quick. And Phil has his um, bonus sport of the week as well that he tells you about. That's probably from about hit hit its peak about six years ago. And Phil no just way. found the video of it. This one's and, this um, was classic. Okay. Hours of my life, uh, I but Shani, you're losing. Best thing I've ever watched. Yeah, I'm gonna bring him up without mentioning his uh, without mentioning his his, his client because now I just. <laughs> The lose out of the week for me is is Mo Salah's dickhead of an agent. And I can already see Phil bubbling up there. Oh, he's great. He's doing the shop. He's not really. Like, <laughs> he's not the making the fucking. He's made a bollocks of this situation. And the reason why I say that is, and I get it, agents are, they're not supposed to be like, they're not supposed to be local. They're, that, that, that's, that's the nature of that business. But I remember years ago when, Salah was flying. Sorry, Johnny. Pep, Pep has blamed the grass on the result tonight. Go on, keep going. Yeah, that's fair play, though. You should start smoking it. Might chill him out. <laughs> um, <laughs> See that tree behind you? Throw a few of them yeah. in the envelope and send it on to me. <laughs> he, um, 
years ago when Goal and all of these Spanish medias were trying to drum up interest and Mo from Madrid, he was coming out and saying it was rubbish and Liverpool players, uh, Liverpool fans are like, thought he was great because he's, look at this fella shooting down all this nonsense. Like, not, Mo was going to be here forever. This is great. And for me, that was a red flag straight away because I was thinking, you know, as soon as this fella wants out or it gets difficult, he's going to be a pain in the bollocks. And he's proven to be. Um, I've actually, I've no issue, I've no issue with uh, Mo looking for X amount of money. And I really don't, but the, the pettiness of laughy faces on Twitter and buddying up with the likes of Fabrizio Romano, it's just, it's so amateurish and it's really not something I could imagine Julian Ward or Klopp really entertaining in this, to be honest with you. I think he's made his bed now. Um, he's the main reason why I think he's gone because I don't, I can't see Salah being strong enough to fuck him off the way De Bruyne did his agent and went in and negotiated his own contract because De Bruyne was like, well, what's going on here? Um, why, why haven't you signed a deal yet? And then it turned out that his agent was making all these sort of demands. So he fucked them off and then just did it himself. So I, it's going to come down to that with Mao, I think. I think it's been a PR disaster for him on his side. I think he probably thought he was going to create a little pylon within the fan base on Twitter by doing that the other day. And it seemed to have the complete opposite effect um, on him. It's backfired massively. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm waiting for Phil and Dicko. Uh, Red Steve has bought a meatloaf album on Wish by the looks of it called One Hour of Two Ain't Bad. Um, Dicko, um, Mo Salah's agent. Hmm. You know, uh, it's my opinion that, and, and this isn't because Mo Salah's agent has done what he's done this week, but it's my opinion that if you have an agent, the agent's meant to act in your best interests. Um, get what you can out of a deal. And do it in a way where it's most beneficial to your client in the least resistance or the least drama or whatever it might be. He hasn't done that this week, Dicko. Regardless of what you think of Mo Salah, um, because, and, and I'll put it to you, Dicko, because I haven't spoken to you about it. My opinion is that we don't know enough on this situation to make, a, you know, because I've seen loads of Liverpool fans being pro Salah, pro the club, pro FSG, whatever way you want to fall on that side. I don't I don't think we've enough information on the whole situation to make a judgment on it. But he hasn't helped his client there this week. Seriously, Dicko, he hasn't helped his client. Um yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. In, in, in from a PR point of view, he hasn't he hasn't helped his clients, but from a negotiation point of view, it's twenty twenty two. Twitter is obviously part of the the, the arsenal of of tactics that are used these days and you know that that this is all part of the dance to try and get to the end game and do you know what at the end of the day like this is this will this will if this contract is reached and mo does extend this will kind of all be a distant memory to be honest with you you know it'll it, it, it it's not it's not damaged to the point that it's irreparable damage now obviously what happens in the next few weeks and whether there's cold water or more hot water whatever is poured on top of this that'll kind of go a long way in determining how this saga turns out but Look, we don't know what Mo Salah's motivations are. Is the is the money the, the main object now? Um, you know, I, I've got this feeling that maybe maybe it is. You know, it it does now sort of, you know, 
any kind of thoughts of well, he's in a place that he can win trophies. Well, he's won pretty much all that has all that is to be won, and maybe now he's reached the point where he said, you know what, uh, coupled with the with a new adventure and a new country and whatnot, like I, I'm just gonna I, I, I'm just gonna look and keep my options very much wide open. Um, so from a PR perspective. He obviously hasn't enamoured himself to to the Liverpool fan base, but at the same time, I I, I can see why he's he's pulled that card and and, and it has obviously backfired sort of, sp- the, sort of spectacularly in some respects. Um, Shawnee's laptop decided to do an update mid show. That's why he's disappeared. He should be back in a few minutes. But um, Dicko, do you think he pulls that card because rumor is is that he's the talks have broken down since December. And an offers on the table from since December, and Mo Salah's camp have decided that that's not good enough, and Liverpool don't seem to have budged. Now Klopp will say to the day that the club has done all it can, it can, and I was reading that as well. He's just given him an offer because it doesn't look like he's rejected or accepted this offer. Did he pull that card because he thought, you know, Liverpool haven't moved on this. We have to do something here to make Liverpool move on this, and Liverpool simply aren't doing it. Yeah, it's like the same in any negotiation. Once you once you reach a kind of a, a deadlock or a stalemate, you know you have. To, sometimes you have to go for a more sort of nuclear option, and in some ways that that potentially was that that path that they've started to go down to get to the point where issue is forced one way or the other. Um, you know, look, it, it's it's not easy, is it? You know, he obviously to me he wants money that is beyond what the club is willing to go to whatever figure you want to throw at it but it's beyond a level that we've set ourselves and we set ourselves those levels for a very good reason because once you completely break the wage structure then you know you're in trouble potentially further down the line with other players and and you know you you, you we are a club we're run as a business that has these clear sort of um you know sort of red lines of the finances so we're not we're a special uh, exception for for Mo Salah and and in some ways on the footballing side um we've kind of dem- I'm not saying like we're better off Salah I would never say that for a second but we kind of demonstrating now that we 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 we're capable of bringing in players that can that can go on and and absorb Mo's loss over the long term so we, we, you know, it's going to be a, what what will be interesting. Occurred to me today, it'd be very interesting if Mo Salah. You know, we are, it doesn't really seem to be much talk of the fact that he went off injured on the weekend. Not which, training today, or I don't think we've really seen you know um, be a doubt for any for any Premier League game in recent history. But it would be kind of you know. A funny situation if, for whatever reason, he, 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 you know, he had to leave the field after ten minutes, and we absolutely spanked Arsenal with what we had, you know, on the pitch and off the bench, sort of thing. You, you, you know, you, you, that'd ask some questions, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, it's still, it's still got a long way to run this, uh, and unfortunately, it's a, uh, it is divide our fans in some way, shape, or form. You can have both parts of the camp uh, coming out. I think um, I said it last night. Like, if, if if people think I'm sitting on the fence, then absolutely fine. But I don't think there's enough information out there to make a, a you know 
a decision as to what side of it you're on. Phil, with regards to the agent, though, before we move on to the next bit, you said to us before the show, was it, <laughs> I think his agent's great. Um, go on, elaborate. He's there to push as many buttons as possible to maximise the contract he can get for his client. And, you know, if you remove yourself from your from being a Liverpool fan and you look at it, right, he's out clearly, the, if, if Klopp himself has admitted that they haven't talked since before Christmas, there's no engagement in terms of what's going on. He's obviously said, I want this. They've said, we're prepared to give you this. And there's nothing happening. So for him, his interest now is to drum up the interest of another club with another offer. Because that only then can he go back to Liverpool and say, we can get this off somebody else. All right? And like this is essentially what he's doing. And by winding the team up, if, if he gets an offer that's bigger uh, than what Liverpool are prepared to offer, he needs to get him out of the club. By creating this friction, and I know people don't like to talk about this, but by creating this friction, he creates the ability for his client to move on and maximise the profit that he's going to do. Because the bigger the salary and the bigger the fee, the bigger percentage he's going to take into his back pocket. He's there. He's not there to do the best for Liverpool Football Club. He's there to do the best that fits in the back pocket about him and his client. And that's what he's there to do. And we're cutting ourselves, we think, otherwise it's a business. This football is a business. But I'm just... Uh, like. I, do I like it? No, I think it's fucking ridiculous. Is, is do I think it's professional? No, but if, from an agent's point of view, he's there to do this. If this thing was all going smoothly behind closed doors, and we know from his previous contract and the renegotiations and stuff, we were the very ones who were jumping on when your man um, used to tweet the positive things about Mo signing a new contract or something to do with Mo at Liverpool. And we're all, isn't it great? Isn't it great that we see these things from your man? And now that he's pissed off because he's not getting the deal for his client, we're all saying he's a prick and he's a wanker. So, you know, I, I just... You know yourself, I'm not one to jump on either side of the fence. and I, I tend to like to, to drift into looking at the alternative take on, on the story. Um, and I just look at it and say, as, as purely standing back and not, not being my Liverpool hat on and the whole lot, he's doing his job. That's what he's there to do. Yeah, I, he's there to do his job. But do you, I'll ask you this then, do you think what he does... And this isn't me with a Liverpool head on. This is me looking at someone that's representing somebody else. Do you think what he does um, on Twitter the other day, and clearly the information he gives to a journalist following that in the hours following it, is in the best interest of Mo Salah? Again, it depends what Salah. And, and we can't we can't just look at Salah and say, here's the guy who looks really happy on the pitch and comes across as a lovely bloke and everything, right? What don't we don't know... Fuck what, how happy he is. Yeah, I want but, to know, but, but do you what think... We don't, what, what we don't know is what Salah's main motivation is in this contract. He's going to be 30 when his contract with Liverpool Well, out, the, right? the information that was leaked to this said journalist was that Salah's <laughs> preference is to stay at Liverpool. A priority, I think the yeah, uh, priority the exact maybe. preference, word, yeah. and and may and maybe the right word should be preference because it it doesn't come across as the priority. That that sounds dis- disingenuous kind of uh, position to be putting mm-hmm. out there. To be honest, I don't think it's in his best interest, Phil. I, I fully get that he's there to get what he can for his client, but you have to do it with the you have to do it in a way that your client doesn't look or a, a perception of your client isn't put out there. And I think the perception around Mo Salah that was put out during the week, rightly or wrongly, okay, is that he's being offered X amount, which we don't know what it is. You have to caveat it with that. But we don't know what it is. But he's basically laughing 
at Jurgen Klopp after a press conference. And then he's dropping stuff to a journalist, which basically says, no talk since December. Um, it's a priority to stay at Liverpool. He will not sign the deal that Liverpool have offered. And then he's dropping more stuff like, and he will run out a contract and stay in the Premier League if he has to. So does that, does, do you think that's acting in Mo Salah's best interest? Because Mo Salah is currently at Liverpool who are going for four trophies. Um, one, one, and they have three more to go in the next two and a half months or so. It, it's not in his best interest, Phil. I, I just don't see how you can, how anyone could think that. Again, Gav, you separate what he's trying to achieve. We're immediately thinking that his priority is to stay at Liverpool. If his no, no, that's what that's what's being said, Phil. We're not thinking that. That's yeah, what's being that. said. I, I, to me, it seems like he's manufacturing the exit. I'm going to be straight. To me, it, it, it appears that, the, that what they're trying to do here is manufacturing the exes. By saying he wanted to stay and they didn't give him what he wanted. So that's that's where it comes back to with me is is that, and this is why I, I, have, I won't take sides on it anyway because I don't, what's the fucking point in taking sides? But what I mean is, is that until we see the figures and it will come out as to what Liverpool offered most solid, if it's anywhere north of 300 grand as a base figure, Mo Salah can't tell you that he wants to stay at Liverpool. Liverpool wouldn't know. Look, I, I, I look at it and I say, when I think of the previous that interviews, in force, Phil, is that what yeah, but I, I think I think if you if you look at it, if you make his position, because one of the things that Klopp has repeatedly said that if you're not on his team, then he's happy to let you go, right? So outside of outside of Mo putting up laughy faces to what Klopp is putting up there, it's almost that by an indirect nature, but it doesn't ruin Salah's. Um, relationship with Klopp. Do you know what I mean? And I'll go back to when he was unhappy that he wasn't getting the captaincy. Do you remember it was the, the whole big thing that, that yeah, his more words that come out, it's about money, it's about respect and um, recognition. Now, I don't know, I I found that word very strange because um, money, fine. If Liverpool are offering you 200 grand a week, you're absolutely right to turn it down. It's not enough money. Um, respect, I think, like, is there any player in the Liverpool squad, respected Marlon Mo Salah. I'm not too sure, right? And recognition, stop it. And um, the only thing you could be thinking about is Ballon d'Ors and FIFA World Elevens, and they're all fixed anyway. So it doesn't really matter what you do in the world of football. Okay, he could genuinely turn up at Real Madrid next season and score 15 league goals and get into a World Eleven. That's the way it goes because they're all fixed. Well, I, I look at it, if, if I think, and I, I keep thinking of his previous interviews, and one of them was that he did have an ambition at some point to play in, in La Liga. And I'm thinking this is if you want to if you want to figure out how a team gets a player out of a club, uh, uh, the thing that just jumps into my head is is Real Madrid, Real Madrid, Real Madrid. They they they, they start antagonising the, through the agent. They start antagonising for not necessarily the move, but just creating that 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 little bit of friction between the player and the club, and that gradually grows and grows and grows until either they go at the end of the contract or there's a year left and they get them at a, at a, at a deal that will be less than what they would have done had they been two or three years left on the contract. And I just, that's how I just look at it. I, I think, I think there's probably an 85% chance that Salah goes in the summer. That's how far I think. That's how far I think we're down the road now at this stage. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with you because I think once it comes out into the public domain, the way it has, I don't think it ends well. Unless something radical happens and Mo Salah turns around tomorrow and says, listen, I don't give a fuck what my agent is saying. That deal is good enough for me. I'm signing it because I love the club. I love the fans. I'm settled here. My wife, my kids, wherever it might be. And I'm not I'm not taking a chance on clubs that for the vast majority are either a circus or in transition when you look across Europe as regards to who will pay him. And that's, but I don't think it ends well. I really don't. Um, that was, who, who's, who's, that was Sean. That was Sean. Yes. Right. I mean, so, he did the legger. 
Deco, uh, we get the Deco and then Phil, and then we'll finish with Phil's uh, bonus sport. So, we, listen, let's get this done in the next 15 minutes, please. I've loads to fucking do. Deco. Uh, Feed the baby. Winner of the week. Winner of the week. <laughs> no, he sleeps through the night. He's the busy he is. Um, doesn't. Yours. Oh, uh, yours. No, mine does. Mine does. Yeah, mine, um, mine winner of the week. Winner of the week, um, Joel Matter. It, it, it is for me. Um, Loads of shouts in here at the very start for that, by the way. Was there? Yeah. yeah, I said I did see one. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we're talking about Mo Salah and, and all of the you know unsettling aspects of what's going on with him at the moment. But this fella, Joel Matter, seems to be having the time of his life at the moment. Um, his missus seems particularly sound on Twitter. Um, he has a very did you give funny- her a folly? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, go on. <laughs> um, he's got he's there's there's that you know hilarious sort of no context Joel Matter account on Twitter as well. He's he's turning into a bit of a culty legends uh, player for us. I mean, yeah. someone who looked completely kind of gone from a from a reliability standpoint, from a you know someone who you know, would be around the team as a, as a, as a regular fixture to one who, you know, he's, he's, he's just, uh, uh, just the natural partner for, 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 oh, he, he, he adds a goal, um, the other week against Leeds, which BT commentators seem to have a, a memory block on cause they keep saying that he hasn't scored this season when he, when he goes up for corners. Um, he arguably could and should have had the winner in a League Cup final. Um, mm-hmm. Unbelievable goal that was chalked off um, for, for, for virtually none. And like he wins, wins player of the he wins player of the month um, for, for for February. Um, which I, I mean, I, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall when he got that news. Like the face that he probably pulled, like he was probably completely and utterly puzzled. Why? What? what was it a joke? Like what's going on here? Yeah. Because it, to be fair to him, he's never had that level of recognition that he's he's finally getting. And I think someone, I think someone mentioned it on the Fatback Four last night. He's an absolute shoo-in to be our Player of the Year. You know, irrespective of what's going on elsewhere with, with, with you know, with Luis Diaz coming in and making an instant impact and whatever Mo does and whatever. I think, I think you look at him and Mo as, as as the two absolute front runners of Player of the Year. Yeah, I mean, I think from a sentimental point of view, just just based on the comeback that he's made, um, picking himself up off the floor, essentially, um, and actually not just that, but rising to the competition around him. Yeah. You know, Canate's come in, he's put immediate pressure on him. Um, you know, Gomez is 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 available. He's just not getting a look in. Um, so, like to to hold your form and and you know that you know he, he plays. A, sub, a sublime pass for the goal um, on Saturday. Um, he, he's a, he's a, he's a constant threat from corners. You know, we we look at Van Dyke and and defenses obviously fixated by Van Dyke, but Matip looks dangerous every time we have a corner now. So his all round game is just is just is just it's just gone to another level. We always yeah. knew that we had a quality player. But staying there. fit is huge. Thing. Yeah, staying fit. I mean, he was. Um, you know, he, he was immense, you know, when we, when we, um, when we played that, um, 
losing Champions League final against Madrid. You know, he he he's just been he's just been at that level, but we've just we've 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 been robbed, you know, of certain seasons because of his injury. So I, for me, he's just and I seen he had it. I don't know whether it'll stick, but I seen a song doing the rounds yeah. yesterday on 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 Twitter, and I, and I thought that was amazing as well. So hopefully the cop picks up on that, and um, and he you know he rightly gets you know, the, the fan recognition that he obviously deserves. Yeah, look, I, I'm going to leave my thoughts on, on Matt because I think I spoke, I've spoke spoken about him a couple of times this season. But Phil, you know, we've we've spoken about his, 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 his reliability there. Does he get enough late games? But Dick goes bang on. Like, he's been available, I think it was Sickness last weekend, wasn't it? Um, he wasn't available against, was it West Ham? He wasn't available against Sickness. Um, but other than that, Phil, like, is. He's been available for the vast majority of the season, and I think he's been our best centre back this season. I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you, and I've been a huge fan of Matip uh, since he's been at the club, and I have. And I'll go back in it. My biggest problem with Matip was his availability. It, it, it goes back to the best ability is availability, right? Um, and unfortunately, he had significant injuries over the last three, four years. Okay, um, at the club. But I think what's really important or really obvious was that he was always Van Dijk's first choice partner with Klopp um, since Klopp has come in and since Van Dijk has been signed. And if Klopp says that he's the first choice, the partner Van Dijk, then it tells you about everything that, that you need to know about his quality. I've never had any doubts about him. The only, as I said, his his key issue, and this is why I wondered where we're going to keep him or, or potentially see maximize the whatever money we'll get from, particularly after signing Kanate, was purely because the chap could never stay fit. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a big big fan, massive fan of Matip, love him, and uh, it's great that he's that he's doing well. So long may his form continue and his fitness continue to the end of the season. But it's also great to know that we have Kanate, who's more than capable of stepping in for either um, Van Dijk or Matip, and he's the future of that. But defense, he's the future Absolutely. beyond. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy to think this time last season we were trying to navigate a Champions League run, you know, a Champions League spot. Um, with Nat Phillips and Reese Williams and anyone else we could plug in at, at centre back because, you know, Van Dyke, Matip, Gomez, they, 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 they weren't around. Um, and the fact that we've, you know, we've got all four of them pretty much available, you know, the whole way through this season is one of the big reasons why, you know, our points total has grown massively, you know, compared to last season. And, and Matip's been a, a huge part of that. Absolutely. Um, Shockley declares says post match Bernardo Silva has said they have to be Arsenal and come to the Etihad. He's had a dose of the Keegans. Listen, Bernardo Silva, will let us worry about Arsenal and coming to the Etihad to play you, you little fucking rat. Um, <laughs> fucking stand there with a cup of coffee when you're giving the bleeding. Um, we, uh, we've a lot of bit. We've a lot of a guard of honour. No, well, this four this, big matches left to play. Gav, we've, we've got Arsenal, City, United, and Spurs, and people can say what they like. They're going to be four big, tough games. In terms of course, of yeah, days. and we're all up for it. Yep. Um, but but don't be minding Bernardo Silva. Um, I lost. He's a brilliant footballer, but I lost all respect from the day that he, he walked out with his jacket open and his cup of coffee in his hand, giving a guard of honor to the league champions. Yeah, and, and trust me, and trust me, if it was done the other way, if it was done the other way around, the little fucker would have been moaning all bleeding day about it. Right, so fuck him, and we'll let we'll see how the Eddie had anyway. It just um, shows that just shows the level of of, of sort of. Doubt that's creeping in, and the fact that they are rattled. I, lo- yeah. I love, I love these little sound bites that have come in from Pep and from 
Yeah. Um, Bernardo Silva. Yeah. So I, 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 he's a brilliant footballer, but I fucking can't stand him. Um, Phil, what are we on? Do we do your my, winner? My, loser. No, loser. Go, 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 go. My, my loser of the week is the one that stood out more than anything. Um, and it's like I've seen people mention it. And what they mentioned is totally incorrect. They need to get their heads examined. It's not fair. The standard of refereeing in England is fucking disgraceful. It has <laughs> been now for, for the best part of four seasons. It was once again shown up for what it was at the weekend. There's been more incidents not being missed because, again, it goes back to the level that when you allow subjectivity to creep into them, that's where you're fucked. It's definitely becoming clear to me that there is the referees are being influenced somewhere. Something is going on. There's something fishy, something dodgy going on somewhere, right? Whether it's two, three of them or because you can't have that level of incompetence in every single referee that you have in the league, right? You genuinely can't. There's something funny happening there that needs to be investigated. And I think it's at this point in time, it's time that the that the clubs demanded that the PGO MOL are removed from officiating games in England. And that they go and they they hire German officials, French officials, some other officials that have nothing to do and have no biases, inherent biases that exist in the English league and are completely independent. Because at this moment in time, it's a disgrace. It's absolutely disgrace. The decisions that aren't being given for every team, it's not just us, for every single team in the league. And we we get some. They, we've gotten away with some. You know, it's just, it's out fucking rages and it's ruining the game. Two things are ruining the game of football for me. This is one, the incompetency in the refereeing is, I, I can't understand how I can watch a Champions League game and not lose my shit and how the game is being officiated on a, on a week-to-week basis. And then watch this, just go, I just don't want to watch it. It's just being ruined. They want to be the centrepiece of the game. And secondly, the the the, the whole, there's a whole other separate issue that's for another day. But this thing in, in, in my head, I just look at it and just, it just makes you fucking depressed. Just depressed, and it just turns you off in the bigger, the bigger game. I, I fully agree with you. Without going into it in a massive way, Dick, I can go into it a little bit more if he wants. But I fully agree with you. And until we either remove the PGMOL and bring in a a group of referees, assistants, and VAR um, that are fit for purpose, I think we're pissing against the wind. And if not, if you if you can't do that, you must remove that one step of um, one step of responsibility that they seem to have where they can cloud stuff, make it a grey area and push responsibility from one to the other and we don't know at the end of the day who's actually making decisions and that's what's going on. Um, Dicko, should we just fuck them all out? Start again? Because it's it's actually horrendous. It's every game. Like. I know. I, I've like I've lost lost counts at this stage and, and you know, <laughs> it is every week. Um you know, my biggest fear is that this title will get decided by. I mean, it's already it's already had an impact, but with the mm. with the Everton decision the other week. But my biggest fear is that this title gets decided by an outrageous decision. You know, an outrageous penalty awarded or not awarded. Um, you know, we should have been. You know, we should have been feet up. You know, after we go one nil up and they go down to ten men at the weekend, but mm. but obviously it didn't happen. And um, and there was always the fear there until we got the second goal that 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 decision could could have could have cost us some points. Um, I completely lost faith in VAR. Never know. There was a point. I know there was a few contentious ones, but you you always felt there was a certain level of you, you could kind of predict what was gonna what was gonna come. But now you just you just left like 
it's just it feels completely random it's like it's like they're in that booth spinning a wheel you know with a yes a yes no do we do we tell the ref to have a look at this you know it's just completely it's it's it completely lost the plot at this point with it all and um i don't know i, I, I you know I, I, even tonight i just kept thinking something some some stupid decision you know martin atkinson another another appalling referee you know i don't know how many times city players got a you know it was a certain yellow card and he just lets them walk away and get on with it you know it, it's just it's bizarre sometimes but no i mean as long I, I, I'll, I'll learn to live with it as long as it doesn't affect you know this title running that that's 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 all I can say at this point with it. Yeah, and and listen, the chances are it could be decided by something like that. Absolutely, and and there'll be a little um, there'll be a little apology done on a Monday um in the Sky Sports Studio where Dermot Gallagher's hanging around, not making any sense um yep. most weeks. Um, people are asking about Sean. His his, his laptop's had a fucking meltdown. He said, um, so we won't be back on. Um. Right, I think that's all the winners and losers. Phil, watch your watch our fucking bonus sport. Come on, throw it out there. We've three minutes left. The AKC fastest dog in America. Right, the, the, like it's it, this thing is real. Right, well, two is hours. It, is it just Crufts? It's now Crufts is shit. Crufts is shit. Crufts is now. It's not even what they do. Think about it. Right, they do a, a hundred yard track because they don't do. There's no no metric in in America. It's still a hundred yards, right? And they what the handicap dogs. So there's no like jockeys on them or anything like this. They basically they, any dog can any dog can race against another dog. It's a time trial. It's a right. hundred yard sprint for the dog, and they get a running start. So you can get them going up, and then they let them go, and away they go. Right. So boom, they go. But now the handicap sits. So they they they, they measure the speed of the dog in miles per hour from zero to a hundred, right? And then they multiply it by its handicap. Now, if you're dependent, if you're a small dog, you don't have a handicap, right? You get you multiply by one. If you are a dog between 12 inches and 18 inches in height, oh you God. get multiplied by 1.5. And then if you go, if you're above 18 inches, you're a big dog. So that means that you get, you get, you get, again, the handicap is applied to it. And then they can figure out who's the fastest dog in uh, America. And two hours, two hours to shout at them. They shout at them at various different points and they chase like this piece of string down. So definitely the American Kennels Club, the final was on, it was on last night and it was on in the ESPN. Um, ESPN yeah, in the, okay. this was on ESPN News I was <laughs> watching and it was on in the Disney Studios in Orlando and it was yeah. a huge oh, event yeah. right and the dog that won it was this little fella that obviously the multiplier effect had it and he was deemed to be the fastest dog in America it was like Yeki or something is his name and it was like his little head was going what a Yeki, uh, Yeki, what Yeki, a Yeki, by the way that's what they were all playing at the end of it, Gav. Yeki Yeki was Anyone that doesn't want to watch the AKC fastest dog in the world, just type Yeki Yeki. Yeki Yeki, and you get you get the Spotify, and you'd be absolutely banging for most of the night. And next next year, Snoop Dogg is playing live in it, so we're going to be watching it for the halftime show. Halftime show and all next year, yeah. All right, okay. Using the dogs that are in the video. A hologram, a lassie. Yeah, there was there was mentioned in the chat there about the best chocolate bar for anyone that said Star Bar. Brilliant, brilliant. I'm, yeah. I'm all on board for yeah, Starbar. Yeah, big Starbar fan. Just a bit of a, an old hack, right? You can make a lovely Starbar pancake, but what you need to do is get your pancake and then you stick a layer of crunchy peanut butter and then a layer of Nutella 
and then roll it up and bite into it, and it is the most delectable thing ever. I can't it's, eat. It's, I can't eat um, peanut butter because I went to a kid. Went to school with a kid in primary school that used to come in, and the, the fucking thing was that thick was <laughs> peanut butter, and it actually told me off. Them and um, pepperoni bars they used to eat gone off pepper pepperoni. Is that what they called in, in the middle of the, 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 the peanut butter? No, we just eat them separate. That was his fucking dessert. They were gone <laughs> off. They were gone dessert. off. Months. They were gone How off. Whatever you wear, it was, it was, you know, like, I used to bring, like, uh, something to eat and you'd have, like, something nice after. His was something nice, was a pepperoni bar. Pepperoni was not Honestly, um, honestly, in, in 15 years' time after the nuclear holocaust that's coming in the next well, you're seeing, months, you're right? seeing, you're seeing loads of yeah, bars coming back. You've seen, you've seen loads of bars, loads of bars coming back. Like, you're seeing, a, mm. you've seen, an, I've seen an orange twirl the other day. There's a wisp of gold, there's a wisp of gold, hazelnut. There's loads of stuff going on. But the, the, the honeycomb Yorkie was fucking unbelievable. And um, the mint whisper was also unbelievable. The honeycomb uh, Yorkie was in a yellow pack. It was fucking outstanding. Um, so... If, if we're going to get a, a, can we get a campaign? I'm going to get a campaign started. Honeycomb well, if, if, Yorkie if, must come if back. If we bring it back, if we bring back one bar, the bar I want to bring back is a Texan bar. Okay. That just shows me age. You can't Texan. get them. Texan, Roundtree Macintosh used to make them okay. and they were outstanding things. They got rid of them in 1984. But to this day, I'll never forget them. And they brought okay. them back out for a limited run in 2002 and I bought a box of them and I ate them all and I want them to bring them back full time now. Texan okay. bars, get them back. Okay. Now. Uh, Red Steve says this show just got real um, by talking about bars but it hasn't <laughs> um, a topic says Alex is the vine a topic is a lovely bar they're very small though Alex you still do them yeah. yeah they're very small now they're very very small um, but I'm, I'm going onto our telegram app now and I'm going to have a big chat about chocolate bars I think man um, I wouldn't be on telegram that's run by Russians what no it's not yeah Some it is spoke to had an English accent it's grand the fella, the fella um, who runs telegram is a KGB head Honestly, right. well, go and check it out. He probably it'd be the last app left, then, won't it? Right. Um, so, and won't anyway, be before we go, down. listen, you're one woman past your feeding time, so relax. I'm over um, 20 minutes past. As you can see on screen, um, Felicon is our charity partner. Um, we were hoping to be past 5,000 in the next week to 10 days, which will be halfway towards our target. Please, please donate if you can. The link is in the description. If you can't, please share. Listen, I don't give a fuck if you like this show, you share it, you subscribe, you tell your mates. I don't really give a fuck. I can't make you do it anyway. So if you're going to do it, fine. But one thing I will ask you to do is go into the description, take the link, send it to your mates, family, friends, wherever it might be, ask them to throw a few quid at this, get them to 10, 10 grand, because 10 grand seems an awful lot of money, but in the charity world, it's actually not, but it, do, it will do so much for this charity, and they're a brilliant, brilliant charity. So take the link from the description and donate. If you can't, please spread it as much as you can, because we're not going to leave you alone until we get to 10K. The target is to do it before our golf day on the 10th of June. If we can't, I'll continue on. Doesn't I don't give a fuck if it takes me a year. I'll continue on until I get this to 10k, all right? So make sure you check that out. Phil, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um Dicko, it's been an absolute pleasure. I have to say, uh Shawnee, it's been an absolute pleasure, but you fucked off about half an hour ago. Someone asked for a someone asked for a Cheltenham tip, so Oh well, well. Um, I'll give you I'll give you I'll give I'll give the viewers one. The four fifty tomorrow at Cheltenham, uh forever William. Okay, forever, William. Um, mm -hmm. Four fifty at Cheltenham tomorrow. Of course, everyone turns into fucking a um, horse, horsey 
specialist tomorrow, don't we? 33 I'm only interested in Yeki Yeki. I'm going to, to watch him now. I'm, I'm going, going to, go back to listen to Yeki Yeki too. Uh, Corley Worley yeah. is a big shout from Tom Conley at the end. Fair play. Um, it is good. And it's only Dying really, seen, it's only really seen now in selection boxes. Dying bars. You can buy them in Duns. You get three of them in Magical. a pack for 150 and they're absolutely sensitive. Magical. Listen, Magical. It's, it's a ridiculous bar. It's tiny, but it's ridiculous. It's it has everything. It's so good. Um, we have to stop this. That has been the winners and losers for this week. Loads more content coming through the week. But listen, we don't. if you don't want to watch it, who gives a fuck? Just get the link in the description. Go and donate the Felicon or spread it to all your friends and all your family because you seem like sound people. So you probably have loads of friends and loads of family. That's it. Talk to you in a bit. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.